Hi guys, this is episode eight of Nap Time and Me Time. Today's episode, uh, I think you guys are going to love it. This is basically why I started this podcast. I wanted to sit with other moms and dads and talk about our strengths and our triumphs and um, all the good and the bad and everything in between about being parents. And that's exactly what Sandra and I do in today's episode. Sandra has three kids. Two of them have craniosynostosis, which we all know that I had to Google, so I did not mispronounce. And one of her kids also has autism. And she's so upfront, to the point, matter of fact, about um, everything that went on with her three kids and everything that's going on with her three kids. She's so um, just transparent and funny and vulnerable in this episode and I think you're gonna love it uh we had so much fun recording it and um I think you're just gonna really really enjoy it so here goes okay so I think like most moms, you have an idea of like when your child is born, just plans for Mm -hmm. them, right? Mm -hmm. We're having a son. He's probably going to go to Central Catholic because we have all these friends that go to Catholic school. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that went there and it's going to be great and totally didn't expect. I just had an idea of what I thought it would be and it's not. Did you think he was going to be like a mini George? Um, Yeah. Like it's Like like... and, and I had already said, I'm not going to, I don't, not going to be the type to be like, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to take over the law firm. I mm-hmm. already said I was not going to be that type. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, you know, that's cool. If he ever wants to do that, mm-hmm. that's an option for him. That's way more than what George and I had. Like we didn't have families yeah. that we could take over there. Cause you, yeah. Cause you guys both grew up in the Valley mm-hmm. close to the border. Yes. You're from Laredo. Yes. He's from, what did you say? Del Rio. Del Rio, mm-hmm. which is closer to the border. They're both literally... They're both, like, right there. Yes. Like, <laughs> Mexico is right on the other side. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then what? So, normal preg... Well, normal-ish. I had... I was high risk because I was 35. Mm-hmm. So, high risk because of age, geriatric. Yeah. And so, I had the high... So <laughs> I know. I had the high risk doctor and everything is fine. And then... Um, when so it was a scheduled c-section and so after you know they take him out i'm still on the table the neonatologist said like something i think i detect something wrong in his head not wrong those aren't the words he used but i'm just paraphrasing Mm -hmm. something is up with his head i'm just going to check him a little bit more and then he's like i think he has what's called craniosynostosis like basically his skull has already fused okay and so i'm just checking um I, I'm just going to... Isn't that fairly normal? I feel like I've heard it. Is it common at all? I had not heard of it at okay. all. I think it's like one in 10,000. And okay. probably those numbers have changed by when I saw that was 2014 when Luis was born. Mm-hmm. So so I'm literally still on the table like, what? Like, mm-hmm. what's happening? And then George kept running back and forth like, oh, they're checking him. Oh, back and forth. And I'm like, that's so weird. So, and they confirmed it. He yeah. is bicoronal craniostosis, which basically means he doesn't have a soft spot because those two those two sutures in his skull have already they fused in the womb gotcha in utero so i and then i thought like i just knew it because at a certain point in the ultrasound i thought his face looked a little bit scrunched okay i thought and then they were saying how cute like he has like bangs like his hair is like flowing and i'm like that looks weird though like the forehead looked weird but then i'm like well what do i know 
yeah they know more than me yeah this is my first child so um they confirmed it and it that like it was just a weird feeling because it's like first baby we're in the hospital like you're like happy but then like also sad mm-hmm. because like now this baby something is up has a defect and yeah. we don't know what it means and george is very logical and super smart and researcher all the time so mm-hmm. immediately like he's in the hospital room just researching yeah researching making phone calls doing all this stuff and he's like it's gonna be fine and then i it was just a weird feeling like bittersweet yeah for maybe sure. mm-hmm. yeah um and it just not ex- i just didn't expect that yeah so how old was he when you guys started talking surgery because i guess it's something that they try to like <laughs> you're fine um i know that y'all try y'all there's a surgery that happens to try to do they try to uh-huh so right away we had like a ton of specialists which was good i mean it was good we had a bunch of people referring doctors Mm -hmm. pediatricians and our pediatrician then we had a bunch of referrals all tied into the same system Mm -hmm. so everybody basically just confirmed it we were doing like cat scans all this stuff and Mm -hmm. then everybody said okay so 11 months at about 10 11 months that's when they do an open vault surgery which is basically go in they open this you're basically opening the skull reshaping it making the sutures Mm -hmm. And then like putting it all back together. So basically you're like opening, mm-hmm. you're just opening it like this and doing the whole thing. So, yeah. and in the meantime, we check his, his um, brain pressure through his eye nerve. So he has an ophthalmologist. We're constantly checking him, just making sure and that you're the still brain. still working. Yes. Making sure the mm-hmm. brain. So their biggest concern is, does the brain have room to grow? Because mm-hmm. the skull it's is already constricted. And um, is there pressure? If there's pressure, then that's concerning, mm-hmm. right? So we're just checking it. And so for those first 10, 11 months, we were just making sure that he was fine and everything was So there fine. were more. The reason why I, I said it, so you're working, is because there's, it sounds like there's probably more appointments than oh, a ton. normal. Like a ton. Two months, yes. four months, six, nine. Yeah. Yeah. So it was weird because it's our first baby. And so that became like normal for mm-hmm. us was all the appointments, all mm-hmm. the specialists. Yeah. Like I didn't know anything else. And, yeah. But we did have a ton of doctor appointments. Mm-hmm. And it was just my bosses all my bosses have always been amazing but mm-hmm. yeah you know do whatever you need yes go do it take care of it yeah. yes and everything that's you know. good yeah and so y'all did the surgery at 10 or 11 months we did it at 11 months and um it was an eight george's it was closer to nine hours yeah it was a whole you know blood transfusion mm. for him i mean it's amazing like it's amazing what they can do mm-hmm. they basically open the skull it's scary because the brain is exposed but they're so experienced it's not even I mean, to us, that sounds crazy because his brain is exposed. Mm -hmm. But like our pediatrician said was at the children's hospital, this is what they do all the time. They work on kids. This is what they do. Mm -hmm. It's not like you. It's not like you're like, (laughs) oh, my God, what am I doing? This brain is exposed. Like, this is their thing. This is their thing. They know what they're doing. Yes. Okay. So eight, nine-hour surgery. And he was fine. And he was fine. Good. Yeah. And so then business as usual until you... Business as usual. We did a bunch of genetic testing on him. Usually... Not usually. With craniosynostosis babies, there can there can be a genetic syndrome attached to it, and that'll present a whole other host of Stuff. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we did we did the testing for that, and it was all negative, which mm-hmm. was great. Like we were really excited. Yeah. The geneticist said um, so one percent chance of a reoccurrence. Mm-hmm. Right. So good. You want to say it's like cosmetic, you know, it's we have to fix this and it's fine. And going forward, maybe when he's six, seven years old, we may need to do some revisions for like aesthetic purposes Mm -hmm. because the eye orbit can't really grow Mm -hmm. the way someone would without regularly. 
fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and George is always the one who's so positive and we have solutions. We have solutions. We have resources. We have doctors. Mm-hmm. Other people don't have that focus on that. Yeah. So fine. Yeah. Business as usual. We go forward. Cause he, okay. So was he wearing the helmet before or after? Luis never had the helmet. He never had no. the helmet? Mm-mm. So in 2014, mm-hmm. the process they normally used was just one cranial vault reconstruction mm-hmm. And that was, that's it. Okay. So that 2014, which is not that long ago. It's not that long ago. Yeah, but that was their best practice then. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then business as usual. Business as usual. And then you. I'm checking off all the milestone pages. Mm -hmm. Like at the pediatrician's office, everything seems fine. Everything is fine. He was kind of a late walker at 18 months, but fine. Yeah. Looking back, maybe there were signs that I didn't see. Yeah, he's we the first baby, right? We like, I, maybe I missed something. I don't know. But at a certain point, it was like on the questionnaires, he didn't have as many words as someone his age should have. Mm-hmm. And but our pediatrician was still like, you know what? He's the oldest. He's listening. He's There's no exposed. one else to speak to. Yes. and he's listening to two languages. Yes, beca- yeah, because so Sandra's kids and my kid both go to the same school, and it's a Spanish immersion school. So even though you're completely fluent, and so is George? Yes. Yeah, and so so he hears a lot of Spanish, but he also hears some English. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so supposedly a lot of times those kids, they're, they're a little delayed in how many words they speak mm-hmm. because they're trying to negotiate and figure out two different languages yes. at once. So that even isn't a huge red Right, flag. and the pediatrician always says bilingual kids – will seem delayed at first and mm-hmm. then they just excel yeah. right then it helps their brain so much mm-hmm. so this is probably what's happening and he said usually like oldest sons bilingual or even more mm-hmm. delayed so i'm like okay okay so we're progressing that way but like you well it just was those questionnaires like we are not we don't have all those certain number of words. It seemed like a lot to me. Like yeah. he had 40, 60 words and I'm like, he doesn't have this. And then we had a lot of friends that had daughters of the same age mm-hmm. and they were like talking because all they were doing so much more. Yeah. All has like six months younger. We have another friend whose daughter is two mu- two weeks younger. And all these girls are just way like at, mm-hmm. way more at a, they're just at a different level. And the pediatrician would say, you cannot compare him to a girl. Like girls, yeah. are so much more advanced and they start speaking so like I knew it but I didn't re- like I didn't have confirmation and it really wasn't until I guess we had Diego which mm-hmm. is my second son like he he was just talking and having so many more words you're watching those milestones being hit mm-hmm. at the like this is this that is, was the pace that quote unquote normal. Gotcha. And Luis doesn't have that. So then it was like, okay, he does have a communication delay. He started speech therapy at two years old, and it was still just he just has a delay. Like it's normal. Yeah. I mean, it could be normal, and he's getting therapy. And our pediatrician would say, I mean, maybe it is related to craniosynostosis. His brain was, mm. you know, his skull was tight for eleven months. Maybe it is that. Also, that eight nine hour surgery, one week in NICU. Maybe he's holding on to like trauma. We don't understand the brain fully. It's such mm-hmm. a powerful organ. Yeah. Maybe there's trauma. It's fine, you right? He will He'll he will there. be fine. And I think it really wasn't until I mean De- Luis has been he was in speech therapy at two, three. Diego is just t- so much more talkative than Luis was. Mm-hmm. To, that's when I think George said, okay. 
like something something's up yeah like something's up and then i was like you need to calm down because <laughs> oh everyone is well not everyone the pediatrician is saying he's fine like everything is mm-hmm. fine like calm down which yeah. just he's holding on to trauma from the surgery and everything and it's going to be fine and so really george was the one who was saying i think we should do more like look into this more and i was like you need to back up yeah he is fine. Yeah. You're like Denial. step up off my face. And that's putting it nicely because yeah. we would get into like arguments when he would say, I have a friend and he's recommending this. And I'm like, tell your friend to back <laughs> up or should I tell him? Like I would get so defensive. Yeah. Like don't, don't tell me something's up yeah. with my son. Yeah. And then we tried a couple different preschools and each preschool it was like, oh, Luis doesn't do what what we're all doing. We're doing circle time. He's rolling on the floor. We're doing book time. He's like yelling. He's doing whatever. And then I'm like, he's he's three. Like, yeah. calm down. Yeah, they're toddlers. They're running around. They're like... Uh-huh. Yeah. Luis, at one school they said, Luis won't do math. I'm like, he's three. Who does math at three? <laughs> Apparently lots of kids. I right? No I idea. was just like in denial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would be just be so offended. I'd get in the car afterwards and cry and call George, like angry crying. Like, mm-hmm. how dare they? Yeah. Like, who does math at three? Yeah. But everybody else, I guess, really was doing math at three. And then when he got into the school where our kids are now mm-hmm. I'm like this is going to be great they're like better teachers mm-hmm. but same thing except they were nicer oh yeah because he didn't start there I forget you mm-hmm. guys didn't start there no so y'all moved over okay. yes we moved over and th- they were awesome because it was a more gentler mm-hmm. just more gentle at the other school when his teacher had said what what is lacking here is that you're not spanking him mm. and I said I'm not gonna I'm not going to spank your, him. Yeah. And then she said, well, he's acting out and he's hitting. And if you don't spank him, he's going to be a violent adolescent. And I got in the car that time and I was furious and angry crying. And I'm like, George, you better go in there in lawyer mode and school them. You better. I mean, I was like furious. And I went in there and I was like, <laughs> how embarrassing now. But just well, like you left there, so you'll never see them again. So right, right. But totally like... Yeah, just a whole mix of things. But embarrassing that I went in and I was like, are you trying to scare me? Because I'm not scared. If you want in, like, whatever. So at this school, it was way different because they were more gentle. Mm-hmm. We're doing what he, he seems to want more sensory activities and we're letting him do this. And then, okay, okay, but now he's throwing toys at people. And no. And then the owner was like, have you ever thought about um, a behavior therapist? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, well, what is that? I've never heard of this. Yeah. So... She hooked me up with someone, a therapist. She came and observed Luis, and I'm like, so what do you think? And then she was like, this is way more, this is way worse than I imagined. Like, oh. your son, I think he's got, she just said all this stuff. And I'm like, I just felt like great. Like, it was. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like you stepped, like. Out of my out. body. Yes, yeah. She also said some stuff she probably shouldn't have said. Like, he has cerebral palsy and all this stuff. And what? I was like, okay, well, like what and then I think I always do this with people I'm like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I go to the car and then I just cry <laughs> and then George is like what happened he's like sitting at his yes like what happened like, yes literally and then we had it we had like a fundraiser that night and I'm like there's no way we're going like nah, mm-hmm. this whole thing so anyways we that's how we started with behavior therapy mm-hmm. ABA applied behavioral something something mm-hmm. but it's for kids with autism. And then this therapist said, I don't even know if he has autism, but he needs this therapy. Mm-hmm. So we started it with her. And the little that she was doing, and she would go to the school and do it there, mm-hmm. was 
effective like that in itself was working so through her she's the one that said if ask your pediatrician for a diagnosis you need to see a developmental pediatrician once they give you a diagnosis insurance will cover this therapy because if we don't have a diagnosis aba is not covered by insurance so for that month without a diagnosis we paid fifteen hundred dollars a week a week for that whole month and it was like 15 hours it really wasn't i think four hours a day so you paid six thousand dollars for um, the first month for the first month and then we said okay like he needs this we'll make it work yeah like you just have to figure it out you because it out. yeah mm-hmm. so once we talked to our pediatrician he said i'm i'm on board i think he needs it i'm going to give you this additional diagnosis there are some markers he's missing so we'll give it get you into the deve- developmental pd which is always like such a long wait for specialists here in town mm-hmm. after like i don't know three months we got to see her so because we got the initial diagnosis from our pd insurance started to cover it which is good and then we started to find okay we need to find somewhere another school for him to do this like Mm -hmm. we can't so we went the public school route we Mm -hmm. went to get him assessed scheduled an assessment got him observed then it takes forever for them to give you the report and what they think so where is he is he still at our school at this point Yes. Okay. And they were so great. Like we, yes, it's fine. Figure it out. And we, and I, every day I'd be like, thank you so much for like hold, <laughs> like keeping him, holding him, mm-hmm. being so gracious. He was like throwing stuff, you know, it was yeah. just not, but the, they were all so lovely and the teachers, everybody was like loving him so much. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, and it's funny. He, he, he doesn't still go to our school, but he still is there. Cause you go and you pick up. Diego and mm-hmm. Sophia, who we'll talk about in a little bit, and they still remember him. They yeah. still oh, they talk to him, him so much. Yeah. Like it's still- and it was such a difference because I would always say like, "Thank you so much, to the director," and she'd be like, "Of course, like we're mm-hmm. here to help you." And I'm, as soon as you get him into a program, you don't even have to give us the notice. Like you know, like we're we working know, with yeah. you. So every day it was like, "Thank you for keeping him. Thank you for allowing the therapist to come here," like all of that because mm-hmm. I'm still working, so I'm trying to work mm-hmm. and like do all that. Um, and then once we saw the developmental pediatrician, they did the whole observation. Yes. Okay. And by that point it was like, um, I would say like, George, do you think he has autism? And he would say, I think it's a yes. And then I'd be like, no, it can't be. <laughs> but then like, we also kind of need that diagnosis cause we need the insurance to cover it and he needs it. Mm-hmm. And everybody would say, all the specialists would say, cause then we saw a pediatric, um, psychologist, a pediatric neurologist, like so many specialists. Mm-hmm. If he has it or doesn't have it, he has this delay and he needs that type of therapy, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. then it was kind of like, well, if we can get the diagnosis, then that's great because insurance covers it. Sure. But then I'm like, but I don't really want him to have it because, like, crap. Yeah. Ultimately, the de- developmental PD said that he did have it. And by that point, we had already found this private center mm-hmm. for kids with autism where they just do ABA therapy, one-on-one therapy, six to eight hours a day individual and, plan and do they do curriculum and stuff like mm-hmm. do they they read and they yes he knows his letters they're amazing they 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 do so much and, and that's not through the public school system no okay. so we do go through insurance Good. they bill insurance we pay a copay every day we're super fortunate that's awesome yes um that he has this and so even the school did accept the school came back with their assessment and said we think he has autism and i'm like duh (laughs) months later we know he's it now he's at the center and he's good um but basically everybody everybody was on the same page but when when we 
he was already in the school insurance was already covering because our pediatrician had given us the diagnosis but something about it like i i still kept thinking like but maybe he really isn't mm-hmm. you know he just it's delays from the craniosynostosis and mm-hmm. but it's fine because he needs his therapy and be fine but he probably really isn't i don't know why and then when i filled out the paperwork for the de- developmental pediatrician mm-hmm. so much paperwork like 20 to 30 pages uh-huh. of like milestone markers and does he do this and does he do this i felt like it was like they were just describing luis i felt exposed i'm like oh my God, <laughs> this is luis so i'm like filling it out and then i was just crying because i'm like he has in it. the office or is it ahead of at time? home okay <laughs> crying because i'm like he has it mm-hmm. these are all these little behaviors that you it's hard to describe luis but it was like does he look at a ball and like ignore it and like just very specific mm-hmm. behaviors that you don't even realize until you see them on a yes yes he does this yeah. he does this he does this he does and i'm like oh my god he mm-hmm. has it and so then i'm crying and i'm telling george like oh my god when i see it on paper it's like real and he's like yeah like i knew he had it and i'm like but i don't know something about seeing it and like answering it was mm-hmm. like he has it yeah so he has it he's That's on the spectrum fine. and they classify him as moderate Moderate mm-hmm. autism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. You, what's interesting is I remember you saying that whenever like Luis is, you know, isn't listening, that you are very careful with him not to yell because mm-hmm. yelling to kids feels like you're hitting them. Yes. And I asked you if it was just autistic kids or if it's all kids. And you said, oh, it's kind of like all kids. Mm-hmm. But then you heard that Diego was being, he wasn't being disrespectful. He was just acting out. Yes. Not paying attention. Yeah. Yes. And so you were like, I'm going to let him have it. Yes. So do you let him have it? And yes, I do. not yelly? Yes. And or, so. And Diego is, to back up a little bit, Diego is almost three. He's about to be three. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my therapist who the only reason I feel sane and can cope, I think is therapy, Mm -hmm. but he's the one that told me when you yell at a child and he is psychiatrist, like highly educated, all that, Mm -hmm. it feels like a physical blow to a child. Like imagine yourself as a child. And when your parents yell, you're like, Mm -hmm. it feels like a physical blow. And it made sense to me because I've seen when I will yell, Diego backs up like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like they flinch. So it's true, right? So I try to be, I try to be aware because mm-hmm. my, my natural reaction yeah. is to like it's yell. It's not the baby. Oh. So we're good. <laughs> my natural reaction is to yell. So I try to be more aware. And now that like I'm not working, I feel less, stri- less stress sure. and anxiety. So I am more calm. But when he's disrespectful to teachers or doesn't pay attention and he's copying other bad behavior from other kids, that's when I'm like, we're about to get Mexican in the car <laughs> because... My mom was a teacher and I, I, she would get real stressed when there was one child that disrupts and everybody else follows. And I'm like, that's not going to be my kid. Yeah. And he's being that kid. So I'm like, wait till you get in the car. And then we get in the car and I'm like, hell <laughs> no, we are not going to be that family. Mm-hmm. You will not do this. We're not going to watch TV. You're not going to do this. Crying. We're talking about consequencias mm-hmm. and you're not going to, I mean, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care because I'm like, I, if I'm going to lose my temper, gonna be about this because i do not want to have that kid who mm-hmm. is the jerk you know it's interesting it's like an underarching because you've listened to i think all my episodes yes and so thank you by the way you're welcome um but it's definitely an, an underlining 
theme in all of the episodes that I've had with Hispanic people. Like I said, if you listen to Cindy's episode, mm-hmm. hers is all about how she doesn't want her kids to be assholes. Like Eddie's yes. episode is kind of, he talks a lot about how he wants his kids to like be respectful of their yes. elders and all that yes. stuff. And so it's definitely something that I think goes back to the Mexican culture. Like I it's agree. like, that's no, true. Like it's true. And you know, there's a word in Spanish where, um, if a child is like that disrespectful, mm-hmm. they say maleducado, mm-hmm. which literally translate to badly educated. Oof. But you're not really saying like badly educated in like an academic or school sense. It means like you're parenting, like mm-hmm. you're like, you know, so I'm always like, we will not have a yeah. child who's maleducado. Yeah. Like that is. No. <laughs> no. And even no. when. about Sophia okay so Sophia you're surprised I cried the whole first trimester Why? cried because I'm like what am I gonna do with three kids I literally and I would tell my therapist I feel like a a dog with a leader of puppies like so many kids three's a lot yeah like I never imagined myself with three kids and I'm 40 with three I mean the whole gamut and, you're um, very young, forty. I know I you're know, harping on forty. That. I know, I know. It's just a weird. Like I think forty is weird to hit forty is weird, and then add a new baby, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then when we found out it was a girl, I was like happy because mm-hmm. I'm like, I already prepared myself to have three kids. Okay, it's just gonna be a full on frat house. Mm-hmm. And then when it was a girl, I'm like, oh my god, it's yeah. a girl. And then I felt bad for crying because then I felt like happy. Just so many crazy emotions. Mm-hmm. So, oh, anyways. She's born, and when I would be when I was in therapy, my doctor would say like, "What? Imagine yourself, right? So, what are your like? What are your fears? What are you afraid of?" And I'm like, "I'm afraid that she's gonna have craniosynostosis." Mm. And he was like, "Okay, let's walk through that. Like, let's imagine yourself through that, and what happens, and what do you feel, and what do you do?" Okay, and everybody would always say like, "It's fine. Like, Diego didn't have it. It's one percent." And then, but I always had that like mm-hmm. just concern, and I had it for Diego too, and he didn't have it, and we were fine. But I still had that concern. I think about 36 weeks, one of my best friends said at 36 weeks is when I texted her, but 36 weeks, high risk, Mm -hmm. ultrasound. When the technician was like doing this ultrasound and she's just quickly trying to go through and find the good spot that they're trying to find, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I saw a profile view and um, a profile view and I saw this same forehead Mm -hmm. and sloping inward that Luis had. And it was so quick because you know how they move quick to try to get to like, we're trying to find a certain spot on the mm-hmm. ultrasound. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, 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 can you go back to that? And she's like, go back to what? And I'm like, I don't know. You had like a profile view and I thought I saw a cranio and I want to see it. And then she was like, how do you get back? How do you get back to that? You know, ultrasounds, yeah. they're so good. But yeah. she's like, oh no, like I can't get back to that. And so at every high risk appointment, I would always say, can you see the sutures in the brain? And it was always, yes, one, two, three, four. We got them. We're good. Okay, we're good. But this point, I, like I saw that sloping inward of her forehead and I'm like, she has it. Can mm-hmm. we get back to it? And the, the tech was like, I mean, you can't. The baby's in there. She couldn't get back to it. Mm-hmm. So when the doctor came in, I'm like, I swear, I just saw this. And he was like, well... Let me see. And he's like, I can't see her. Like, she's like, 
I can't get to that position. Mm-hmm. But really, sometimes like in the ultrasound, there's only so much we can see, right? Yeah. There's so much we can see. And I'm like, okay. But I, and then I got in my car after the appointment. I texted my best friend. I texted George. I texted my sister. I texted everybody. And I'm like, I think she has it. And everybody was like, it's fine. Like, calm down. I texted my doctor. It's fine. She's going to be fine. Babies, mm-hmm. girl, babies are more robust. And it'll be fine. And, but like something inside me, I'm like, I, but I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw it so quick and I know that she has it and everybody was like it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine but I, I knew it and so it was weird because I I, I really didn't feel like very joyous mm-hmm. I wanted to be so I would kind of fake it sometimes like yeah I'm so excited for the girl but like I felt like scared maybe or yeah. like sad mm-hmm. I don't know just weird so when she was born like I'm on the table again c-section First thing, okay, George, go check her head. Go check the head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. They said she doesn't have it. She has a soft spot. And then when they bring you the baby and her her eye, this area between the eye and the nose was scrunched. And I'm like, she has it. You're like, George. She has it. And he's like, well, they're saying she has a soft spot. And I'm like, go back and go back and check. And they rechecked. No, no, no. She has a soft spot. She's good. And I'm like, she had a fold in this nose part between the eyes because it was so scrunched and I'm like she has it so again not feeling super joyous and then I'm like we need to get her checked and so while you're in the recovery we understand you want you want like the doctors I'm like yes because I think she has craniosynostosis well we didn't think so but let's check again so the whole recovery time it's like can we get her checked and can we get a neonatologist can we get this can we get the like get people to check and they kept saying no and so while they're like the nurse practitioner came and said I feel that I feel her soft spot I think she's fine and I'm like no she is no like she has it I can tell she looks like Louise and then okay she's like let me go call my boss who's the doctor and mm-hmm. so like george and i are like quietly like she hasn't heard stop it no way but they're saying yes and it's okay it's gonna be fine and then, mm-hmm. and then the doctor comes and then she's like i heard you have a concern let me check okay and then she comes back and she's like i think that she has it and i'm like i knew it like well, props i on knew you for it? fighting for it because yeah. i think that there was a I, it sounds like there were a bunch of people like, no, no, you're fine. She's soft fine. spot. We checked that box. Yeah. She's good. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no. Yes. And she was like, I think is that she has a really small soft spot. So okay. everybody is like, she's good. They're, they're feeling it. And so they're like, okay. Yes. It's really tiny, but it's there. But she was like, I, she has it. And so then it was, again, like it was like almost the same feeling as Luis, like crying. Mm-hmm. And you're already emotional. Yeah. So it's like crying and like you're and exhausted. Your yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my god, and like crying. Oh my god, I'm god. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I cannot believe we keep ma- making babies that have these defects. Like, holy crap. Like that whole first day with Sophia, it was just like crying, mm-hmm. and then my father-in-law had driven in from mm-hmm. del rio and it was like i don't even want to see him yeah. like i don't want to see anybody just my mom because i don't want anybody like we were like so i think devastated is the right word yeah like again again yeah when they said it was one percent chance but here we are again so the whole i mean I, and then i would tell george like i don't want to do this again like i cannot do this whole you're fine you're good but she's fine now. Yeah, she's fine now. She's fine now. I so just she, felt like I didn't have like the bandwidth to do it all again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're doing it, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, so they confirm that she does have she it. She has it. Um, 
And then so what jo- steps do y'all have to take for her? Will she have to have the surgery at the end of the year? She already had a surgery. She already did it? Uh-huh. Sorry. So, and no. Because also, I, I'm i like, I don't want to tell everybody all our story because I don't want to be like, oh, this sob story. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want, I, that's what I felt like. I don't want to burden people with a sob story. Same thing, negative on all the syndromes. Mm-hmm. So in just these four years, they have like better practices. Mm-hmm. And so this better practice is... Um, have a surgery at three months to oh, wow. open the sutures up already. It's not a complete vault reconstruction because mm-hmm. they don't work on the eye part. They just open up the skull basically mm-hmm. for growth. Helmet therapy until she's about 11 months. Okay. And then go back again, another surgery and reconstruct, move all of the eye orbits forward and do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's crazy because in four years they already have like best yeah it's, new that's weird to think about yeah and so that's why she has the helmet she already yeah. had her surgery and like a blessing because her her team of docs was like when we went in there part of her skull bone was like pushing her brain in like mm-hmm. there was a part that was like pushing it in and they they said i mean you mentioned that she has like these crazy outbursts she would just start screaming mm-hmm. suddenly and like nothing could calm her down so maybe she was having headaches yeah so they and like the pressure or whatever was yes just to be too much yes so once they like fixed it um they she said you know we finished up the surgery we could see the brain slowly already starting to like, like go yes. back into place <laughs> yes so we felt like such relief and it was a much shorter surgery like three yeah. hours it's just amazing and this was an all-female team nice. girl power and then um helmet surgery to start shaping it mm-hmm. and then yeah about 11 12 months they'll tell us the date and then we'll go back and do the whole thing yeah. like yesterday when we were in our um dance party and i was like i don't know why i just remembered lady gaga i'm like lady gaga dance party do you do a dance party yes your house? Yeah. oh all the time really? mornings like evening in the hustle and bustle that yes. you were just talking yes. about while they're like quickly eating their breakfast we put on shakira because they request shakira shakira or <laughs> trolls and then we start dancing and they laugh at all my stupid moves nice. and it's Very awesome cute. or on the way to school we're like singing reggaeton music or tejano music mm-hmm. we're like having a great time but yesterday we were really dancing to lady gaga and luis was so happy like he was like freaking joyful like, yeah and i'm like it's because this song is perfect so lady gaga is my quote and um it is i'm beautiful in my way because god makes no mistakes i'm on the right track baby i was born this way i love it i love it (laughs) you're fine Mm -hmm. you're fine no i for one love lady gaga yeah i think that that's like Luis is He's so, I don't know, like I've gotten to this weird place yeah. where I'm so yes, excited. Yes, you have I'm a like, friendship. By yes. 25, I gotta get there. <laughs> yes. And then I see your car and I'm like, yes, him too. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. Him too. And like then, he loves and to he see gave you. me a hug t- yesterday. Yeah, and on his own. He's making so much progress mm-hmm. that he can express his emotions and he loves no. you in Elway. That's just so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, and he, I did try to hold his hand and he was like too far. Yeah, <laughs> you're pushing it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think that quote also, like my therapist said, like you, you talk a lot and worry a lot about like all the therapies and what can we get in, like in this eight hour day and speech and ABA and add the PT and add the OT, but take time sometimes to just let Luis be who he is mm-hmm. and enjoy him that way. Yeah. And I was like, that is true. Like just yeah. let him be himself. Yeah. And like in yesterday's Lady Gaga dance party, I mean, he wasn't 
so joyful <laughs> like it was so amazing and i'm like it's true like this is who he is yeah. and he's perfect yeah no he's he's a great kid yeah he's very sweet oh thank you yeah no they're your kids are good and they're sweet and they're clearly very loved and you don't oh, thank be you fine. thank yeah. you is there anything else that you want to add no, I, um, I just feel like a lot of times people will say like, oh, you know, it's nice to have another special needs mom. And I'm like, oh my God, am I a special needs mom? Like crap. Okay. I don't like, like, I feel like sometimes if I really am like labeled or hear labels, mm -hmm. I, I don't know why that sends me like in a, it like, makes me like in a tizzy. Like, why can't you just be a mom? Yeah. I just want to be like a mom that has a different journey. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I'm like, I guess I am a special needs mom. Like, I guess I am, but I don't want to be, like, pigeonholed into, like, she's a special needs mom. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just a mom that has a different journey. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just, I, I feel like a lot of us are in the same boat. Like, other autism moms, like, we don't want to just be, like, autism moms. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, like, normal people with families and other kids and interests and, and our kid has autism. And, yeah. And they're going to be fine. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Welcome. Thank we could you. do a whole other one, by we the way. We could. We could. I would so come back and do one like day more. Will. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to episode eight of Nap Time and Me Time. I hope you really enjoyed hearing Sandra's story. I learned so much about her and her family, and I loved it. Um, if you like what you've been hearing, what you heard just now, please like and subscribe and even rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends, and um, we'll see you next time. Bye.